Hello, so I was lucky enough to find myself uh, on GB News at the weekend. I'm, that's where I am now. We're about to do headliners. But at the weekend, I was standing in for the veteran broadcaster, Alistair Stewart, who was taking some no doubt well-deserved time off. And no prizes for guessing what the subject was, what the main focus of the two two-hour programmes. And there were all sorts of guests, Russian, Ukrainian, Polish, who all really knew their onions and added so many profound insights into the conflict. And I kind of sat there trying to ask sensible questions while, um, while absorbing as much information as I possibly could. And, you know, I can't pretend to be informed on the subject, despite being a lot more informed now than I was a week or, week or so ago, probably like the rest of us. And we covered so many subjects, the incredible bravery of the Ukrainian people and the resilience they've shown in the face of um, much better armed opponents, the apparent strategic mistakes made by Russian forces so far, poor communication, um, the ruthlessness of Putin, the need to win at all costs, and as a result, the risk that he doubles down if he starts to lose and gets more you know, nuclear even. We covered sanctions, SWIFT, the weaponization of money, the war on the oligarchs and the kleptocrats trying to get them to put pressure on Putin, the imminent refugee crisis, propaganda, this tacit alliance between Russia and China. May exist, it may not, but that China will be watching all of this and learning the ramifications for Taiwan. And the dependency of so many nations on Ukraine and Russia for food supplies and how that's informed what they're doing and much more besides. And I watched and I listened and I tried to learn. And I left the studio with the distinct feeling of dread that this invasion may prove to be the beginning of something much bigger. Uh, Russian commentator Konstantin Kissin, former comedian, he hosts the popular podcast Triggerpod. He kept repeating the point that in terms of historic significance, this invasion is bigger than 9-11. It's as significant as the Bay of Pigs. And the geopolitical landscape has changed, he said. The West is at war. Now, Russians, ordinary Russian civilians, have had their entire net worth wiped out by the inflation in, that's happened in um, in Russia. And I was leaving the studio thinking, how do I protect myself um, against all of this because you know we've waged war on their economy they're going to wage war on our economy and on both days you know I just you know gold has been a source of immense disappointment to me frustration as regular readers watchers will know and there's a time to own it and now would appear to be one of those times I've reported more times than I care to remember uh, on the vast amounts of gold that both Russia and China have accumulated over the last 20 years. And meanwhile, the way that the West has, has weaponized its money and banking against Russia, it's extraordinary. It's unprecedented. I mean, I know the West always does it, but this whole new level is made possible by digital banking and modern technology. You saw the queues of people in, in the Moscow metro unable to use their pay payment systems on their phones. Um, to use the tube. And China's no doubt looking at this weaponization, looking at Taiwan and thinking that to protect itself, it needs to de-dollarize as quickly and discreetly as possible. Um, and we know that China's already been doing that, but it's only going to accelerate because otherwise it's just in American hands. And with so much money frozen abroad, one of the few ways 
in which Russia can actually fund itself, ironically, is by selling its gold, probably via Dubai. So that may mean selling pressure. But even so, I think gold rises from here. So hold gold and Bitcoin as well, because inflation comes with war. Money gets debased no matter which side you're on. And if there's some kind of China, Russia, anti-West alliance, then just as we've retaliated against Russia through SWIFT and the banking system, that alliance will do the same in reverse. Ergo, it will wage war on the dollar. Now, Western money is vulnerable. Fiat money has been printed into oblivion, as we all know, not quite into oblivion, but it's been printed. Interest rates have been suppressed. Official inflation is already at 7%, but we know actual inflation is much higher. And yet the system can't take interest rates much above, I don't know, 2 or 3%. If it can even take that, there's too much debt. And when the price of raw materials, commodities, natural resources, oil, energy goes up even more because a key supplier, Russia, and another key supplier, Ukraine, have been cut off. The pain of inflation is going to get worse. Now, governments may well attempt to impose price controls, but history shows that any relief that comes with price controls is only temporary. And for the most part, they don't work, and they often just lead to shortages. So I've said for many years that all China has to do is declare what its gold holdings really are. And you, I, I, I've, I'll put a link to last year's estimates. I did a video about it and I'm going to update that soon. And that declaration would be tantamount to a declaration of war. Because my, my theory, remember, is that China's gold holdings are as big, if not bigger, than those of the US. Now, I know... I've long moaned about gold. It's the most analogue asset there is in a world where all the value is digital. But I've also said many times that I continue to own it and, you know, watch what he does more than what he says. And it may be an analogue asset, but it's also been money since forever. It's the first metal we ever used. We used it long before the Bronze Age when we discovered smelting and its purpose. We used it for the same things we use it for now as reward, as display, as store of value and as tool of trade, in this case, barter. In other words, we used it as money, albeit primitive money. But I've moaned about it because it's been such a perennial disappointment for so long when it should go up. But the currency wars are hotting up. Attacks on national currencies are going to become the norm. The ruble's been bombed already. I'm convinced that at some stage, the dollar, the euro, the pound are going to come under attack because they will. And other fiat currencies are going to get caught in the crossfire. Gold and Bitcoin are the place to hide some of your wealth, not all of it, but, you know, a large portion of it. On the subject of Bitcoin, I see this conflict as an opportunity for it to decouple from the Nasdaq. If, if SWIFT is out of bounds and meanwhile governments in conflict have their tentacles running through the banking system, then the use case for Bitcoin suddenly got more compelling. But what better way to transfer value across borders than Bitcoin? So you want to own both. And all those gold miners, particularly those located far away from all of this in the Americas, I think there's going to be a lot more demand for their product, put it that way. 
Um, so thanks very much for watching, everyone. Please subscribe to the channel. Um, please also subscribe to my new Substack. There's a link somewhere on the page. I'm not quite sure where. Um, lots of excellent content I'm putting out there, and, um, and including tipping some interesting gold miners. Um, and I'll be back with another video very soon. Thank you very much for watching.